0: Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin.
1: And I'm Tappy Tibbin's tibia, tapping tentatively. This is
0: Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago, and see if they hold up.
2: How come you know more about medicine than a doctor? Believe me, Ma. I know.
1: Well, I know it's pretty, baby. But I didn't take it out for air.
2: Yes, to
0: You the yeah, theme, song. theme song.
1: Baby. <laughs> I'm old, alone, <laughs> you don't understand. Please, I'll explain.
2: This is some more cash, <laughs> I mean, dynamite. Oh,
1: man, something else. We need to get us a piece of this Brody shit,
0: cut it up, and off it. A couple of money, easy. Then we could buy us a couple of pieces, we got some whole other shit coming on.
2: You know, somebody like you can really make things
1: all right for me. Feed me, Sarah. Feed me,
2: Sarah.
0: Feed me, Sarah. Feed me, You want some smack? You want some H? You want to get that shit in, your boys and girls? Because if you do, then watch this movie, and you won't want to anymore. Requiem for a Dream. Now, recently on this show, we've done some movies that had some kind of downer stuff going on, like uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. And we had uh, another kind of downer movie in Leaving Las Vegas. Lots of Las Vegas shit is depressing as fuck, I guess. Uh, This movie doesn't take place in Las Vegas. It's actually mostly in New York. But goddamn, this movie had some darkness. And I remember that most of all, thinking back on this, because... If you listen to our last couple of podcasts leading up to this, we've been like scared of this one a little bit just cause you know, you finish up those movies and they have the tragic endings, not even the bittersweet, but the tragedy they just kind of stick with you. And you're like, is that the kind of movie you could only ever watch once? Is it that bad? I mean, not bad in terms of technical and all that stuff, but it's just, just bad for your soul. I don't know, man, but there's this movie and I haven't watched it in 15 years cause it makes you think pretty hard about things uh, brought to us by Darren Aronofsky. This is his second going of a movie after Pi, which I saw Pi a really long time ago, like early 2000s, I would have learned about it, but I it hasn't stuck out in my brain enough for me to say confidently that I remember it start to finish. So might have to check that one out again, but uh, this was his second outing Um, and got himself um, an Academy Award nomination for one of the actors in this movie. So Ellen Burstyn, Jared Leto, Jennifer Connelly, Marlon Wayans, Chris McDonald um, as Tabby Tibbins. Tappy tap tap. Um, (laughs) Mark Margolis uh, from uh, Salamanca, from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul is in this a little bit. Some other uh, faces, Keith David, of course. Big Big Tim. Uh, so yeah, he's in this and I love most things that he is in. Um, like they live well done, uh, made for four and a half million, only made 7.4. This was like a small, small release. So more of a, uh, not art house film. I wouldn't go so far as to call it that, but just not a bad budget. I mean, could you make a movie for four and a half million? Sure you could. Um, who did the music for this? Clint Mansell. Hmm. Yep, not really jumping out at me there. 102 minutes is the other thing about this movie. Not a bad run time. Um, It gets you in and out of there fairly quick. Yeah, released in 2000. Um, So yeah, this movie is definitely one of those movies that you can't finish watching it and confidently say, like, that was enjoyable. You would more have to say, holy fuck, (laughs) and then start picking out the things that are good and the things that make you feel like hot garbage.
2: There are things yeah. in this movie, though, that were like, um, uh, in, like, like still to this day, incredible, like, and it's, and it's not, it's the way he uses split screens with characters who are very close to one another, like almost face to face, but the split screens give them looking at one another from that closest weird haunting
0: intimacy almost
2: it's so strange I mean there's he does so many things in this movie that are like that it's um it's hard to imagine I've never that no one's sto- stolen all of that um I can't believe that more people haven't taken what he's done in this and uh ran with it but including himself actually because he's never really directed a movie that was like this ever again at all like not even close to that was like this but Someone like him probably doesn't want to repeat himself anyway. Um, but, but, I mean, how could you not repeat some of this stuff? I mean, like, I don't want to repeat this stuff. I think he does a little bit of it in The Fountain, um, if I'm not mistaken. I
0: I really cannot remember that movie um, at might all. Might be another good one for us to once. go down and watch
2: again. But Yeah,
0: I think it would. Because um, the there's some really interesting is, actors in that and
2: music is really interesting in this movie uh it stuck out to me again it's always stuck out to me but i haven't seen this in so long but i as soon as i heard the music i recognized it remembered it and uh and i didn't see this movie as nearly as much as some of you guys um i saw it maybe two or three times my whole life and so the fact that the music is so strongly cemented into my brain is interesting yeah, um, I can't remember who did the music, but
1: Clint—it's Clint Monsell. He—he's a good composer, and he—he he did Black Swan. He did the uh, the Moon, the Wrestler, uh, Requiem, obviously, and hmm. Aces, which everyone loves. Uh, yeah, definitely. Just, <laughs> yeah, that he one he should have of CSI out. Miami. No, but it's—he's—he's he's got some chops, and I think that he has a good job here of of making something that is uh very stand out like Colin plays a game frequently where he plays a song from a movie and he'll say what's this from and you could never do that with Requiem because it's so obvious this music stands out oh yeah completely uh apart from everything else so i think that that's i mean i think that's really well done yeah
0: it's it hectic at times it's it's hectic and jarring and uncomfortable and tense but then it can be sweet and calming the the, the way that the music really ties into what's what's going on on screen in like ninety nine percent of this movie is is near perfect yeah it's always it's always humming and it's always getting you right to where you need to be and go ahead what
1: I was gonna say just for example like when she pulls the fire alarm and then it goes ah. Uh, yeah. and you think it's the alarm, but it's the song, right? Yeah, and uh, the song is, is and it's the mischievous
0: alarm. and and energetic, right? And they're like yeah. young and running around, like the when when I thought back on this movie, it's it's really interesting um, because there are lots of scenes that are bright and colorful and and not overly so, but just the mood is happy, the music is nice, and beautiful things are happening on screen. People are expressing their their love and their passion for each other and about life. And they have hopes for the future. And that's every time that's happening on screen, as nice as it is, like they're all fucking high out of their minds on, on heroin, cocaine, weed, or whatever else. Um, and then the rest of the movie, like maybe 20 or 25% are spent in these really amazing moments for everybody that you could just watch over and over again. And then the rest of the movie is everybody trying to get high, trying to get back to that state and doing insane things and having insane things happen to them while on the, on the lookout for drugs. It's such an interesting, it's such an interesting way to do it because when we would watch this like years and years ago and why we've seen it more than once would be because probably we're doing some drugs at the time. Um, and this movie kind of resonates with the drug user for the moments of, of like out of control highness where you're like super into it and having these deep conversations that, you know, maybe aren't as beautiful as what happened in this movie. Um, and, but now when I watch it years later, I've, I, I, see that and I'm like, oh yeah, that's so tempting, but there's that whole other side and, and I might've not overlooked the dark side of this, but that would have been, um, the stuff I would just tell to myself like, oh, I would never get that bad with me. That would just be straight fun. Look at it. Great times. So the, it's interesting how I have two completely different perspectives on this movie from when I watched it like 20 years ago to watching it now.:
1: Yeah, the first time I watched this movie, I was high, and when I finished it, I wanted to call my mom. It was like 2:30 in the morning. And I was like, "Oh my God, I'm a fucking yeah. horrible person." <laughs> <laughs> this movie is thick with uh, guilt.
2: Yes. So apparently, during the uh, scene where where Ellen Burstyn, hit the the woman who plays the mom, and Pat impa- uh, gave her impassionate monologue about feeling old, the the cinema photographer actually let the camera drift off from her, and and when uh, Darren uh, Darren called cut, he went over and screamed at him. He realized that the cinematographer was crying because yeah. he was so moved by her performance. And so devastated by it that he was crying and he fogged up his eyepiece <laughs> and he couldn't see what was going on. And they use that take in the movie. <laughs> the one where he drifts off. I they need to get tougher cameramen.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah,
2: I know, but like when she gives that speech, I don't know who the fuck wouldn't feel what she was. Every single person on the planet felt that. I think what she says.
1: Every old person.
2: No, I think every person feels lonely from time to time, and they've felt like alone, and that that they were no, they were different than everybody else in this world, but and I think like her they thing didn't fit in.
1: That life has passed her by now. It
2: is that and, part is and, yeah, but yeah, but it's just that's the loneliness. Why she's lonely
1: is because is because like her son is passed, is moving on. He's not around. Her husband's dead. That's it.
2: Yeah, but and now I she can't. just has
1: the politics of her old folks' home which i mean from hearing my grandma and stuff like that story uh from when they were in there that's exactly what that was like there was a ton of politics and those things and if you're a top dog you like the top senior dog that's like your life is honestly better but so, she
2: but she didn't live in a home though and um she and did. i i thought she just lived in an apartment and with a i mean that's of like an adult people.
1: living facility either way you look at it that's a, i guess that's a retirement even if it's home, not
2: right that's fair but but it's I not cannot, like it's
1: not like serviced with maids and and maybe dinners all the time but it's you know what i mean
2: it's just an apartment with like that's super cheap and yeah, like so I, tons of retired people live in it i think no, that would I be thought guess. it was like a retirement
1: community or something,
2: but maybe I I'm thought
0: I, it could just be like, that's where the older people tend to live. I didn't get the sense. It was like a facility or even any in a range thing, but they did have the run of the place. So pitching up well, their uh, their seats were, out front to catch but, the light. and.
2: But what Brent said is absolutely true about what she's saying in that scene, but I cannot relate to living like having a, having a son grow up and leave. And I can't relate to having a husband die but what I can relate to is the loneliness that she feels and like that's Fair like enough, yeah. so powerful that oh, yeah. like anybody has everyone is at one time or another felt alone and like she expresses it in such a way that is so heart wrenching and and visceral like I, and it's crazy.
0: I feel the, the I felt that loneliness thing too and then I switch for like the empathy for my mother and like just to think if if oh, she were ever in a similar thing yeah. like and to like not see her and have her be alone, that like that me always too. gets me yeah, right yeah. in the feels.
2: No, absolutely. Like Brent said that earlier too. Like he wanted to call his mom. I get that. Um I get that You know, it's triggering that her performance in that is so triggering.
1: Yeah. Just because she's so good. Like she she feels to you like a forgotten mother. Like and the thing is is that there's nothing she ever does in this show to make you feel like she's like she never does anything wrong, right? No, no. she's just I a mean, simple. She, she's a she simple a lady well, living a, a simple of, life. She has yeah. a lot
2: of speed, but yeah. She, but on
1: her doctor's <laughs> advice, like she she takes oh, bad yeah. advice from from a professional, and she even says to... she's like, "What am I, a, a, a pharmacist or whatever, or a doctor or whatever? Like, I'm mean, who am I to argue?" She, well, with that's like the that?
2: line, like you know more than the doctors know. Like the doctor gave me this, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So I mean, John's right. She's she's um clearly not like well learned and well schooled right she's yeah. a, she's a nice honest woman um and she gets i think taken advantage of that's it yeah yeah, yeah. and
2: the way that the movie yeah. is cut together too um to make you feel <laughs> to make you feel um to make you feel like you're out of control, like this movie really feels like you're out of control when you're watching, they're all the characters out of control. Apparently, apparently, there's 2, 000, over 2,000 cuts in this movie. And that was because that's how he wanted it to feel. He wanted it to feel out of control. An average yeah. movie contains like less than 600 cuts. This contains over 2,000 cuts yeah just think about all the montages of the drug the drug addict the drug use it's just like cut 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 how does
0: how does this movie get away with that like the drug use montages that are like maybe less than a second even or maybe a second or two um and there's like individual ones for cocaine for snorting for um for doing heroin uh for rolling weed there's they all have their own and then the eyes do all the things and the noises um how does he get away with that in this where it could be very gimmicky and done another way? Cause that's, those aren't the only times we also have the, the good times montages, the bad times naturally um, you know, that kind of shit going on it all in montage. quick cuts the same way. How the hell does he get away
1: with it in this where
2: he I don't hate it. it with her grapefruit and stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's so great. The The other thing that, that like you said it earlier, you said it establishes what drug they're doing. So, so we get used to seeing those things so yeah. we know exactly what they're on in the scene now. We know if they're high, if they're high on coke or if they're on weed or they're on heroin. We, we know from those little indicators. And then that makes those scenes so much better because we understand kind of what their state of mind is now, which is super fucking crazy that he does that. Yeah. So it's quite amazing, actually. So quickly, yeah. he establishes something so quickly about the characters. Like just bang in like the blink of an eye.
0: Yeah. And like, there are even a few really deliberate times where, uh, I think there's one time where Harry's on his couch and he's watching TV and he's thinking about, uh, what's her name going out to see her psychiatrist. Um, and then it does a quick drug hit and then he's like sitting there and he's much more calm and relaxed.
2: No, and he, he was thinking about her lays, going and fucking down. David for, for drugs. That's oh, what was, I was it? Thinking for, about. Yeah. Cause oh, I it, was it was bothering was. him that he was seeing her in his mind with another woman, a man. And then he gets high yeah. and yeah. That anyway, goes away. Well, and then he, he likes like Tam so happy.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and it does the same for her as well when she's what that really interesting scene where she's standing with no top, with no bottoms on in the mirror and she's like staring at herself, kind of maybe yeah. even judging herself. And then she like get gets gets whacked out. At, I think she does some coke there. Um, and then she's like looking at herself beautifully. Like that's the that's the really crazy thing is, it, it, it's not, um, it, it's not um. It's not shining a positive light on doing drugs because, like, there's so much bad that comes. There are consequences for all these good things that happen. But it, the movie makes, like, certain things just look so beautiful because they're high. It's it, it. I guess it makes you empathetic with their plight to always be like that because why wouldn't you be? They're sharing such amazing moments. And the, I guess let me also say that this movie is about Sarah. She's an old lady who lives at home, uh, and she likes some <laughs> crazy uh, show with Tappy Tibbins. Um, and he's got the juice, and he wants everybody to have the juice, and she can't <laughs> stop watching it. That and doesn't make a gets, lot of
2: sense, but he's yeah. right. What he said it was
1: correct. Yeah, it, yes. sounds, it sounds like an it's, infomercial with a storyline.
0: Yeah, and then there's a show part to it that's actually live. I don't know if it's public access. Does she or even what.
2: buy the juice? I don't. Even,
0: <laughs> I don't know if like is there juice or is it just that's the phrase that you got the juice, man. You got I think the to squeeze
2: the, the juice.
0: Yeah, I don't know. There might actually be juice, it's but you never see now her now, having juice. Anyway, uh, she wants to go on TV and wants to lose weight. So she goes see this weird fucking doctor who gets her hooked on amphetamines and her life spirals down out of control. And she has a son named Harry and he's got a girl named Marion and a friend named Tyrone. And uh, yeah, they like drugs and they all fucking all their lives get smashed. So that's Requiem for a Dream. Sorry, I just wanted to cover that quickly before we move too far forward. Apparently it's
2: a game show. Yeah, she's going to be on the show too
0: really what's the what's the game element of the show that's really weird i
2: have
1: no idea every time they show a clip of it it looks rather dark for a game show doesn't it like a like dark background Should yeah they all like circus lights like the price is right or some shit yeah right colorful it, it that's
0: yeah that's actually really interesting i never thought about it as a game show i'm happy you're telling me that this is the case yeah, very well, interesting a, she
2: it is a game show because she fills out the um application to go on it and um she like her and her whole gang go and drop it off at the mailbox and it's what makes yeah, her but- popular is that she's gonna get to go on that show that's where her um <laughs> popularity comes from <laughs> that's why she's so excited about it she even tells uh her son about how she became popular because of it but yeah it's yeah, true well she it's got to be a game show because there's no other reason for her to be on tv like <laughs> well she says
1: she says i don't care about the prizes i give them away or whatever there you go yeah, yeah that's right but she i does. thought audiences
0: sometimes get prizes just for that's being what i thought in, it
1: was too yeah was yeah like a, like a gift bag or some shit right she's like i don't care about that stuff i just want to go yeah so uh, i don't know
0: yeah. I mean, and her in her plight, like so much shit happens to her that's relatable, not just because she's an old lady, um, but because only like maybe people who are like empathetic again for their mother or an actual uh, older lady. Um, there's so much else going on here that you can relate to, like her not being able to fit in her red dress, her longing for her husband and her son to be more in her life, her longing to be popular in her clique. Um, trying to lose weight and trying to be dedicated and fighting like your natural urges to like just want to eat shit all the time. It's fucking, I, I relate to Sarah on so many fucking levels. It's actually quite scary.
1: Yeah, she's maybe the only, like, she's the most relatable. The others on the path they're on, it's, it's beyond what a normal, um, like young person's path would be with like that heart of drugs that often having no problem discussing and selling heroin. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And chopping it up. Like these guys are, are
0: they're street level dealers.
1: They're street level dealers. They're, they are interesting characters, but they are not relatable. Yeah. I think you're right. Sarah Goldfarb is maybe the only relatable person in this. And I mean, I mean, that's horrific. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Cause she's she goes down a terrible road.
0: Yeah. I mean, so like let me let me ask you guys this. Um, is Ellen Burston like the, the lead act like the main character?
1: I could see the argument for it that the gold farbs are the two main. Yeah. Yeah, but Harry I kind of ma.
2: I, I I get a sense it's a three character story for me though I feel like her story is as fucked up and crazy and as as dark as the other two characters I mean
0: she well, basically
2: uh, becomes like, uh, she basically who, just sells me, her you mean? yeah she just basically sells her body she ends up sell- getting to the point where she just sells her body for drugs I mean it doesn't yeah. get any fucking worse for a woman than that when they want drugs so bad they'll they'll just like sell themselves to anybody. Well, she's I think the, it's supposed
1: to be a four-character show. It's yeah, just, I don't think I don't think Marlon gets the the time. No,
2: I, he completely gets lost for me. I lose I don't track know, of but, him. But I but like why? the stuff he, that we see of his. Like he's like
1: sleeping with that woman. Yeah, like, he's reflecting on this on his mom and stuff. Like that stuff all. How Even does his story end, end though? Sewn in. He also in he also has the same
0: reason the limo and has to deal with the drug the head guy getting shot, oh, and he yeah. is also like the go between with I think the guy's name is Angel and stuff. So, like he's quite active in things. It but it does seem yeah. like he's more of like the the the, the definite fourth character. Um, in this which is unfortunate cuz this is the best thing Merlin's ever done. I know and, he gets,
2: and he's great in it. It's I too love really it's great. too it's too bad that he is so good in this because everyone else is so much better that he gets lost in the shuffle. Like I well, I mean let's just face it. Alan Burston's better than them all, but yeah. <laughs> but no uh but the, but both Lido and Jennifer Connelly's character is incredibly memorable. Like oh he doesn't God. have yeah. the same Wayne's character is almost a little more cliche, I find, for me, than um uh, you know, than the other characters. I don't
0: I think I thought he gave it depth. I really no, felt for the I'm guy. not saying
2: that he didn't. I think he's great in this. But I just I feel like Wayne's I've seen character that character is just as is just as deep as
1: Leto's. I don't I don't find Leto's character to, to really have that much depth beyond like just what, making money and getting out of there. Like, he's putting all of his, his, his stuff his into his girl, right? But it's which, his which is fine, but it's not him that is, like, the defined character there. I it's think Marlon his... Wayan showed a little bit more, right? It's showing, like, that reflection stuff. I don't know. Harry, I guess they both have mom stuff.
2: It's it's though it's it's Jared Leto's um, relationship with Jennifer Connelly and the way that they film it, the dialogue, the way it's acted, that, like, steals the show from from Wayne yeah.
1: well because their relationship involves two yeah. characters so naturally yeah. it gets more but time, it's so guess, beautiful yeah. naturally.
2: Though, and stuff that you it's so beautiful naturally. and and amazing to watch naturally. that relationship the way they they shoot it and the way it forms and yeah that steals the show again so Wayne's is just like you know there's guns going off and he's driving cars and he ends up in jail it's just like okay but and he's good really good but like I completely forgot he was in this movie until so you guys <laughs> brought him up Aww. because everybody else is, like, so goddamn good. And, like, the most amazing, beautiful stuff he seems absent from, like, those things, the 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 crazy good directing and the editing, he, the, those biggest moments he's not a part of, unfortunately, and that's, you know... For
1: reasons like when he goes to get the uh, drugs, right and uh and we are on Jared Leto right yeah we're not on uh Marlon Wayans when he's procuring the drugs we True. stay home we stay home with uh, what's his face the same with Connolly goes on her date we're still at home with uh with Leto during those moments but we are with Connolly also
2: yeah yeah we see definitely see what happens to her yeah so
1: i think those like i think there's a very clear reason why we uh, feel closer to the other people, but I think like what John said is right. It's I
2: Think Wayans did a hell of a
1: yeah, he does a, great a good job, job his, with with the role that he got I wonder yeah. if some things were cut for him
2: his performance was really good like there's there's like no doubting that this and it is probably the best movie he's ever been associated with like um, He's he al-
1: pretty dope too.
2: No, I know he's good in that but but uh, this is <laughs> like I mean anybody who was in this <laughs> is like better off because yeah, they no, were in this, this is a movie whole different level yeah. yeah it's like not even it doesn't it's got its own level there's nothing on this level this is like its own game there's no <laughs> there's no comparing this compare this with anything else maybe tree of life and uh and which is an aronofsky film yeah no tree tree of life is um oh that's um it's malik Malick. what um, am i thinking
0: you're thinking the 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 fountain
1: oh
2: okay but the tree of life is is got a a really crazy storytelling similar to this but but on a it's on that level or even um what's the war movie uh not
0: thin red line
2: thin red line i mean would be not once again not exactly like this but on a different level of storytelling yeah that's malik again right yeah no that's why you have to see tree of life so
1: malik so malik is what you're saying malik is like uh leveled up aronofsky
2: (laughs) i think malik is what people i think you keep being like
1: it's like this but just not as good not as good And it's like (laughs) malik is
2: (laughs) malik is what people think of uh a lot of people think of um well, he only makes—he's similar to Kubrick, right? He only makes a movie every six or eight years, and there's—and it's always everyone always wants to see it when it comes out, yeah. and it's always very radically different than what everybody else is doing at the time. Um, even if you look at Saving Private Ryan, came out at the exact same time as Thin Red Line; those movies are nothing alike. Uh, there's yeah, Spielberg, <laughs> Spielberg did a, an amazing job of directing uh, a war movie. Amazing job, but uh, Malik's just on another level yeah. for me, anyway.
1: No, I agree. I think I I love Malik. I mean, Thin Red Line is is very close to my favorite movie. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, perfect. I find it so beautiful and so like just with such a good dialogue through that movie. Oh yeah, just through but the I, subtext. I like, felt the Jesus beauty in Christ. this
2: though too. Like I felt the beauty in this like at times where I was just like completely sucked in to what was going on. And the, the things are so simple that are going on, but the the way that he presents them are so, it's so powerful.
0: The, um, so compare this movie, which has a very tragic ending. Um, and you could, I don't know if you could argue, argue leaving Las Vegas also has the tragic ending cuz yeah. no
2: one's no one's really okay. This after isn't that any, one. Las Vegas, isn't anywhere near this. That no, see, is this like a guy with a highs, video camera walking around Vegas compared to this. Yeah. This, this.
0: <laughs> this movie's high, much higher, much more appealing and beautiful to watch whereas leaving Las Vegas is just like a train wreck all the way through. Like that that's how I would distinguish these types of movies that leave you um kind of empty inside a little bit when you're done watching them is you could still look back in this movie on the beautiful moments that made you think, and that really makes you feel for the characters, even if, like, you've given up on them by a certain point. Like when Jared Leto's arm gets so infected, you're almost like, "Come on, dude! Like, go to a fucking doctor! Like, how did you let it get that bad?" And then, um, you know, other things like that. But,
2: but this movie's themes are so much stronger than something like Leaving Las Vegas too. The themes in this movie, um are like something that like we talked about earlier that everyone can relate to and and you're seeing it in in every generation is being touched by drug addiction in some way um, it's, This this movie was as, as relevant today, if not more relevant than it was when it came out, I think. Yeah, I and leaving Las Vegas does none of that. <laughs> so yeah. it's definitely hard to compare the two. Like this, um, this movie, has
0: it has a real, it has a real heart. I'm only comparing that they're like both tragic movies that are, they are yeah. dumpster fires and yes, um,
1: which, which we should say. That's why this is in the October movies is because we found this movie to be uh, so disturbing that <laughs> we were like, yeah, it'll fit. We'll that's squash fine. your soul. It's fine. I, for think, I
2: think there's a lot of movies that Brent, you've argued about about uh, the things that, are, like, because this movie there's 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 not a lot of characters in this movie to get behind. Um, I guess you do get behind Ellen Burstyn. I get behind. I get behind, Leto I get behind and everybody Williams, honestly yeah, you're for right, a time. You're right. you're right, but they're not. I guess they're not very um, good. They're not. There's nothing. There's nothing they're anti-heroes. Saving, there's I mean, nothing they're not sad- the yeah. typical person
1: that we're cheering for. It's no, no, that's
2: what I'm saying, though, is that's why this movie, he did such a good job because he was able to make a movie like this with characters well, that are so ugly and flawed yeah. and without making them, without giving them any hint of redemption or, or giving well, them any hint of ch- charm. Like Maybe, maybe Connolly and, and Leto are charming, I guess, in some ways because they're all um, sexy,
1: except
0: for Yeah, Bruce.
2: they're young and sexy. I guess they're young and sexy, so that makes it exciting.
0: Well, Burstyn hampered her sexiness with two fat suits that she had to mm-hmm. wear for this to Correct. simulate the loss. They had, like, a bunch of different necks for her, um, yeah. and so there was, like, some prosthetics in this that I didn't even pick up on. Uh, it seems so natural. Also, very interesting decision, and I don't know if this was intentional or, or how it was meant to fit in, but when she starts, I don't know, call it hallucinating um she hallucinates herself as like this ravenous devil woman with like crazy makeup it's quite
1: disturbing is that it's her woman from in the red. picture i think that's who she used to look like isn't but it? she's
0: like really crazy overdone like i don't know maybe maybe it was a re- recreation but like at one point like there's like insanely heavy eye makeup and like over the top uh lip wear and spiky hair and the red dress like it seems like it's it's gone like times 10 for what was in the picture that what was in the picture was quite normal I like compared skank. to yeah yeah she did too apparently and so <laughs> does Tappy Tappy sure does Tappy got into that I almost expected Tappy him to that. to be sucking on the kiss tongue like it happened in Happy Gilmore
1: oh yeah gross
0: yeah and that whole thing too like the, the fridge jumping out at her and her like whatever Um, psychosis that she goes into is it's all insane and then i wondered like um is that something she could have recovered from or was that permanent damage she had done to herself
1: because there's Uh, i think she could have recovered before the fucking goddamn uh uh what do you call it
2: electric shock Uh, yeah
1: it's hard to tell i don't
2: know she i don't know she could have
1: yeah see that's so it I thought like about a crazy that crazy long amount of time. She was well, and actually, fucking pe- meth.
2: and actually, electric shocks coming back as like a, a therapy that they think is actually good. It's a I different
1: mean, different thing, though. They're not just blasting your brain. They're like, <laughs> they're like, they're like delicately and surgically trying to stimulate different parts of your brain. Yeah. no, that's fair. My yeah, they're not just
2: like shooting volts through it. Yeah, that's yeah, it they're is not fucking different. putting a wet
1: sponge on your head.
2: Yeah, it is different it's, for sure.
1: That's one part of the movie that
0: maybe I don't know how they could have explained a little bit better, but um, that does seem to all happen to her really quickly, to the point where I think I remember feeling aghast that you know within a day of being hospitalized for being high on, um, amphetamines, right? Um, you'd be getting electric shock like the next day. It makes more sense if I think about it that she was maybe several weeks, even um, as things were happening. So, and she she wasn't recovering, maybe. So it's not like they just, they had her on amphetamines and then they immediately put her on other mind altering drugs. So she was like just always in a state and then they zapped her within a couple of days. I don't know if that's the case, then, then tell me that. And
1: the passage um, of time is difficult in this movie to be sure. Right. It's, it's kind of, I mean, you can, you can see things are happening, but it's, it feels like, I don't know. It's tough. You see the pictures at that one point, They're progressing with the clothing store, but it never happens. Uh, so you see That's it seems to be all through the stage of the pre-planning yeah. and the mid-planning of that yeah. is where everything takes place.
0: Yeah. And like the, there are some title cards for like summer and winter, um, which kind of, you know, start to uh, signal the different um, phases of this movie. Because once winter Could we hits, say within a year? I think it's yeah the whole movie because it does seem
1: to be like the season right. It's and like they talked about almost, last summer
0: being Symphony. amazing when they were uh, all things were going good and the shoebox was filling. So you even cheer for them when the shoebox is filling with money, even though it also shows them selling heroin on the street. But you're still like, yeah, go get that dream. You guys deserve it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's weird, isn't it? Well, you you cheer for them. It, yeah, but the same the same way, Aronofsky does this does this wicked shaping of the movie which i kind of mirrors um i think the real experience of drug culture right yeah it's there is like the flashy fun beginning right and if you stick around too long things get ugly man and people around you start falling off so i think that um that this movie ending like that I think is super effective because it mirrors that conversation. And I think that you're left feeling bad because possibly you're supposed to. I mean, don't steal your mom's TV for heroin. Yeah.
2: But we've we've talked about this before with other drug movies and stuff too. And this is also, once again, a perfect example. We just did Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas not that long ago. Mm-hmm. And um, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas was uh, a very radically different movie. Um, like, then a contemporary mainstream movie. And it was also, like, heavily about drugs and drug addiction and that uh, being in that state. But at the end of the day, both movies end sad, in my opinion. I think, <laughs> I think Las Vegas isn't a happy ending, even though there's driving into the sunset. I think that makes it worse. <laughs> but, um, but, like, it is the downfall of, like, several human beings. You just, you watch them go from a place where they, it's a slippery slope And then you just watch them fall off a cliff, but they do it in a way that is actually so amazing that to me, I think it's justified and it comes through to the viewer, what you're witnessing. Whereas in other people's attempts, it has not been nearly as good as this. Yeah. Um, Or as artful or as like original or as groundbreaking. It was
1: impactful, uh, Jesus yeah. This movie really struck a chord With with everyone that's on this fucking podcast I thought I was I 100%, Everyone I know that's ever watched it, right?
2: I 100% yeah. coming into this movie I was 100% sure that I was I was not going to think that this held up I'd seen I, it two or three times Was never a big fan of it Um, I always I, I got what it was doing and stuff But was never really connected with it like I did T- until this time Like this is the first time Where I really Really connected with it uh, Nice I, are you- I I think it's also perhaps Because I never used to do drugs When I watched it The first two or <laughs> uh, now three Now you're times. all over that shit So now, now you um, a Fucking DJ
0: It sounds like you're calling it Colin Which I'm kind of well, okay with I, I don't, is, it too,
2: is it too soon? What are the negatives about this movie? First of all It's too long I think this movie's a little bit too long. I would shave off like 10 minutes of this movie, especially because it is so depressing in the end and stuff. We don't need, you don't need to slow roll us on this shit, man. Like, come on, speed the shit up a little bit. Uh, Did anyone else find it a little bit long?
1: I don't know. I never really found that this movie was long. It's long in the sense that it's torture. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, but it's but not it doesn't long have in the sense to be as torturous of <laughs> cinema, right? And the story that I think we're we're being told, like I mean, yeah, it could be faster, but I mean, I'm the wrong guy to 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 fucking speak against that. So I'm. Yeah, that's true. It. John, did you uh, find it a little I long? think th- maybe
0: Brent's representing the sentiment that I feel on that a little bit more is that this there are parts of this movie that are just hard to watch. So that might make you want it to end a little sooner.
2: That's but fair. I that's, can't that's, that's think of... That's definitely a possibility for myself. Plus, I can't yeah, think of what something. I would
0: cut as kind of what I'm thinking here. Like,
2: I would have to watch it again because I was so engrossed in it that I wasn't even thinking about it in that way. But yeah. like, I'm sure if I watch it again, there's probably... Uh, a section of this movie that might not need to necessarily be there. You might be beating us a little bit over the head with it. There, I found the the Ellen burst in when she goes crazy in her house and all of the things are coming alive and she's on the set. Uh, that got it was a I found that was a little bit long for me.
1: Okay, I'll agree with you there. That that part always has struck me as maybe going on a little too long, but it's cuz I always scared of the fridge coming alive.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I I just mean so things like that could have could have been sh- definitely shaved. He he goes on a bit of a tangent a couple of times. Um but once again, um it's so crazy that you you're you're appreciating the execution is more than you're worried about the length, I guess, because yeah. Of what you're seeing is kind of imp- so impressive. I, like this movie's just impressive.
1: It's, yeah so are are you calling it then did you call it
2: well it, it holds up for me it's it's in it's it shouldn't like i would no I was i was dead set that it wasn't going to and i don't know why it does well it's because he's so good because the directing and the writing and this the script there you go it's always a script baby this is a good screenplay
0: Yeah, Darren Aronofsky wrote along with uh, the guy who originally penned the book Requiem for a Dream. That's correct. They 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 had a big dispute.
2: They had a big dispute with the studio too because they wanted the characters to be fourteen to sixteen years old, like in the book. But the studio was like, "We we wouldn't be able to show it in a movie theater if you were representing fourteen-year-old kids doing what what they're doing." So no, we won't we won't do it. They have to be older. So they both reluctantly agreed to, to cast older but Yeah, otherwise wanted, you get a
0: movie like Kids.
2: That's what they wanted it to be was Kids. They want it to be Kids.
0: No. Kids is too real.
2: Kids is grossly real. Yeah. Uh
0: I don't I won't even do that for the podcast or Gummo. Just not going to happen. I can't. I
2: can't I've handle either. Gummo. of those. Yeah, it's don't, don't Oh, Gummo man. is Just even don't. crazier than Kids. Yeah. What's Gummo? Is it like Oh God, Gummo off? is? It's
1: just like Trailer
0: Park Life. I can't gum, tell you gum, even what it's about.
2: D- yeah, Gummo was like a like a the craziest trailer park people in the world had a 16 millimeter camera and they 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 made their own movie with it or yeah. something. That's what Gummo feels like.
1: Yeah, it's just so it's awful. just a shitty movie. Yeah. Well, no, but I
0: mean, it's made by. I think it's actually maybe made by the kid's guy or it is made by the kid's guy same guy vein of kids. things like yeah. so it just it seems so real like you'd be like am i watching a documentary of some fucked up like place or is it a movie and it is the a editing movie, is really weird it yeah it's just, just the... jarring and uh, oh my god and it's just like the content makes me want to barf it's just too close I'm
1: gonna fucking watch it
0: yeah. it's
2: really upsetting nice. dude i'll watch gummo with you i haven't seen it in like <laughs> 25 30 no, years you tell
0: I, me what I, you tell uh, me what you think uh, and done. that's enough then watch kids it'll, and tell me
2: that. It'll be
1: really hard yeah. to find Gummo. Like really, kids really hard to find. really caught me it. at the wrong time because I was so uh, afraid of AIDS. And then that whole shit with the, you know, AIDS. That yeah. fucking movie ruined me. But I'll definitely get into Gummo with you, Colin. And then we'll watch Serbian film. Oh,
2: God. <laughs> well, <laughs> he also it. made a movie. He also, the guy who made Gummo and wrote Kids, which you can never remember his name. He's a very famous uh, independent filmmaker, but he made a movie called Julian Donkey Boy, which is also <laughs> also supposed to be crazy good. Like not crazy good, but crazy, crazy um filmmaking. So <laughs> I've never seen it, but if we could find Gummo and Julian Donkey Boy, that'd be a night.
1: Give me two seconds that I'm <laughs> gonna find I because I need your words on this.
2: Julie
1: Julie Ju- and the Donkey Boy?
2: It's just Julian Donkey Boy. I've never, once again, I've never seen it. (laughs) All right. But I've heard about it a lot. And I I saw Gummo, oh, God, so long ago. Once I watched Gummo, like as John would say, it's not uh, usually a second watch movie. (laughs) (laughs) This one, once again, you wouldn't think would be a second watch movie. This is the most watchable of these kinds of movies, in my opinion
0: yeah that's that's kind of how i was much more
2: watchable than 12 years a slave much more watchable than schindler's list yeah
1: Uh, judy and the donkey boy maybe has eluded uh even my catalog
2: yeah yeah i'll 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 look up the filmmaker after the podcast because i'll and find out what the spelling and everything is
0: um Okay, well, if we're calling it along those lines, I don't mind going next. If Brent doesn't mind being last, or Brent, if you feel passionately, I'd allow a no. You're good. Um, no, this I movie, this movie does hold up um, amazingly. I just, and of all the movies that make you want to do things to yourself, this one is like the best of those that I can think of um, because it, it just, it, it's beautiful. It really has got a lot of beautiful stuff in it, um, and it's not because of the drugs. This movie is actually a big anti-drug movie because drugs wrecks lives everyone who touches drugs in this movie gets their lives wrecked so there's no winning with drugs boys and girls this movie definitely
1: sometimes there is
0: yeah sometimes but only for moments and then the rest is all ass to ass um (laughs) which is so crazy to watch her decline and being (laughs) so jonesing for heroin that she's like willing to go do that like they tease you with it, right? She goes over. She's happy at the end. I know, I know, she is happy I know, at the end. which is so strange, uh, but not, I guess, if, if you're into that sort of thing. But it, there's no indication that she was. And they tease you with it because she goes to see him and he's like, I didn't just take it over air. And then she gets some heroin. And then all of a sudden she's like, that was so good. I'm going to go back for the ass to ass. Um, what's her face? Uh, um. Requiem, Uh, Ellen Burstyn was nominated for an Oscar for this, but did not win. She was nominated as Best Actress, which initially I was like, really? But then someone's got to be the lead in this, I guess. And it does seem like maybe it's Leto and her, but what's her name is, I don't know. They're all, everyone kind of shares a lot of similar uh, screen time. I wonder what the calculations on that would be. But anyway, I guess it is appropriate that she ran for it. She lost to Julia Roberts for Aaron Brakovich.
2: Ah, the that rabbits. was a mistake. That was a mistake. Um, Ju- even Julia Roberts must. <laughs> that was a mistake. I don't know. That
0: makes me kind of want to do Aaron Brockovich because
2: well, don't. Get, that, I think that's a good movie, but I think uh, if you're putting her performance, and I've seen that movie probably four or five times, if you're putting that performance against this, that's no contest. She did did Julia Roberts should not have won that? The put, who would you put against her? in any year that she shouldn't win the award, the biggest award. She was amazing in this. Yeah. She made the probably, cinematographer probably cry. something that Streep
1: did, right? Yeah.
2: She, made, she made the cinematographer cry and to the point where he couldn't even keep the camera steady because he was crying so much. Probably about his mom. Yeah. <laughs> he probably had never visited his mom like in a few years and he just had a nervous breakdown while she was performing.
1: What if Ellen Burstyn was his mom? Oh,
2: that would have been tragic.
0: It's so it's so funny in this year's Academy Awards, uh, Steven Soderbergh was nominated as Best Director for Traffic and Aaron Brockovich and won for Traffic.
1: Holy shit.
0: Yeah. Because he used all those sandy colors in Mexico and blue in New York. It was revolutionary. I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe it's really 01. good. I haven't seen traffic in forever. I wonder if it would be any good because um, uh, Benicio won there, for actually. best supporting in that. Uh, Did he? Yeah.
1: He was new to the scene, right?
0: Um, This was a ways in for him, I actually. I mean, he'd done,
1: he'd done Fear and Loathing, I think.
0: Yeah, he, had, he would have had... Um, he would have had what you call it under his belt as well. Um,
1: the Narcos shit?
0: Yeah, uh, and... Um, God damn it! With the usual suspects, he would have been in that too, and
1: oh, and the fucking uh, what's it? Snatch.
0: Yeah, when was Snatch?
1: Snatch's got to be ninety-eight.
0: I think Snatch was two thousand. Um, film two thousand, yeah. What did I say? Two. You said ninety-eight. Ninety-eight. Yeah. So interesting that came out. Ra- so he had a whole bunch come out right around this time. Benicio. You got some renown for that. Anyway, I'm rambling now, folks. So what I'd like to say is that this movie is is good, and you need to watch it if you've never seen it, and then you need to watch it a second time because when you watch it from the perspective of waiting for what you know is going to happen to happen, it makes you pay closer attention to things in this movie, like the characters and their interactions, and that makes it almost even more beautiful because yeah the beautiful shit is just so beautiful in this um, their relationship um, Marion and uh, Harry is actually like really really beautifully done like immediately this movie sets up how in love they are with each other and in love with drugs too but with each other um, that it sets it up immediately so you know you never doubt their relationship and so it's horrible to watch it fall apart so yeah it holds up thumbs up for wanting to kill myself
1: <laughs> Brent what do you got I think it holds up. I think that this movie is a banger. Banger. I I think it's very interesting to look at this movie and then consider the different perspectives that would be coming at this movie and how the movie would change a great deal. For me, when I watch it, I think of like the sadness of their addiction right yeah and a lot of people would look at addiction as a disease a lot of people would look at it as degenerate choice right um and so I I think that this movie would play very differently to different crowds not that every movie isn't a victim of perspective but that this movie is one of those ones that deals with like a very polarizing topic and I think that Um, not that I've encountered a lot of those perspectives, but I think that I enjoy knowing that this movie would have, um, you know, created maybe such a turbulent kind of, uh, level of discussion. So, uh, I fucking think it holds up. I loved this movie when I saw it first and I watched it a ton, even though it made me feel goddamn horrible every time I did it. Um... I love the characters Jennifer Connelly and Jared Leto's relationship in this was actually like super touching and I thought it was really romantic aside from the addiction but the addiction and the and the drugs just show like they kind of show you all these beautiful things and then they show you how that can all fucking go away. Uh, you know, and I think maybe that's not a picture of drugs much as it is excess as well, right? In the greater picture. Sure. But I'm fucking rambling because that's my time. But that this Holds is what
2: sets, that's what sets this movie apart is that the fact that you and other people I've talked to can watch this and repeat viewing so much because the subject matter is so dark and the ending of the movie. Fucks because it's a fucking masterpiece. No, because this is a this is I, th- I would consider this a masterpiece. I think this is his Boogie Nights. This is oh, def- yeah, this I is his Boogie Nights.
1: It's likely his best movie maybe. You said The Wrestler maybe?
2: No, but even The Wrestler is great, but The Wrestler is like his this is his Boogie Nights. This this is better I think than The Wrestler as a just the directing you know the the acting the music like the rustler is a great movie but this is the uh, once again this sets him apart from any other filmmaker no this one this is
1: more innovative this is yeah, more exactly. yeah exactly no, no
2: one made a movie like boogie nights ever and no one's ever made a movie like this like yeah and to this like i like i <laughs> i 100% thought i was going to hate this i thought i was going to poke a full of holes I thought it was gonna be shit. I'm I really it surprised. Was nice. not. I'm, I'm really surprised. I thought wasn't
1: gonna like it either. Not not like it, but I didn't expect it to hold up. I no. expected it to be a victim of the time. A lot of these sentimental, like, uh, really emotionally charged uh, movies don't tell the same stories when you go over a decade, two decades, right? Yeah. So the fact that this does, I think, speaks to, um, well, to the fact that that problem has never went away, uh, but also the proficiency with which it was done.
2: It's just, and he truly does, this is, I know you've said it about other movies and I've disagreed with you, um, 2001, you've said it about, but this is art. But this is good art. Like, yeah, this, that, the the difference between this and 2001. Don't,
1: don't start your bullshit about those other ones. No,
2: but I'm just saying is this is good. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. how many times have you watched 2001, Brent? Uh, Just the one time that we did it for the show. Yeah, exactly. And you've never watched it again. How many times Jesus have you watched it? Jesus Christ, this? it
1: was only a little while ago.
2: <laughs> like, yeah, I know. But how did you not? I can't believe that was the first time you even watched it. Yeah. I'm really. I forgot about that. I'm really surprised by that. That you'd never seen that before. Did you guys know? I wasn't.
0: Go did ahead, you John. guys know that Giovanni Ribisi, Nev Campbell, and Dave Chappelle were considered for the roles of Harry, Marion, and Tyrone?
2: I knew Chappelle had Nev Campbell, read,
1: Dave G- Chappelle. Yeah, and Giovanni.
0: Dave was
2: offered. Dave Chappelle was offered yeah, the role. All three. Had, all
0: three were offered and turned it down, as Faye Dunaway did. Uh, turned it Do down. You know
2: what? Uh, Rabisi could
1: have fucking ran this.
0: I think he could have done okay.
1: I think. Oh yeah, so. he would have done fine. But I've I y- mean, watched, you watched know, him in you know. his show. Campbell, in the, maybe, but no, like the teen no. MV, M, uh, MTV version.
2: Now it'd have been horrible oh, with call her. Call these like three her superior superior. I don't in think any abilities. of these three totally could have weird. been replaced, actually, based on what we've seen. Like in this movie, I think Lido was hanging out with heroin addicts and befriended them for this role. Like he went he really deep He lost twenty five
0: pounds too, and he yeah, he lost
2: a bunch too. of weight, and he was like living with homeless people on the street, Leto's shooting. A good actor, but I'm saying Robisi is also.
1: Yeah, he's fine. His he's a show, very good actor Ribisi's too. show,
0: yeah. where he's the con man. I forget what it's the Pete, called. S- Slippery. Yes, yeah, uh, sneaky Pete. He's yeah, he's I he's, seen he's it. really good in it. He has to do some con stuff, and he's yeah. I don't know. He's good. He's just a great he's actor.
2: Good. He's a, like a good, good actor. actor. Yeah. You guys you ever like, seen him
1: Die him in Saving Private Ryan? Yeah, he's crazy. Really good dire. Crazy. M- oh. Okay, check. M- Mama. Check, out this, Go on, John.
0: Sorry. check out this quote that I um, found from Aronofsky as well. He said, Requiem for a Dream is not about heroin or about drugs. The Harry Tyrone Marion story is a very traditional heroin story, but putting it side by side with the Sarah story, we suddenly say, oh my God, what is a drug? The idea that the same inner monologue goes through a person's head when they're trying to quit drugs as with cigarettes as when they're trying to not eat food so they can lose 20 pounds was really fascinating to me i thought it was an idea that we hadn't seen on film and i wanted to bring it up on the screen um
2: he does i mean those things are all in there too we never even discussed the themes of weight loss and uh obesity and all of that but like those are all like in there too is like struggling to lose weight i mean how how relatable is that to every human on the planet yeah like who wants to lose five pounds or 20 pounds like we all like feel like we're imperfect and I mean, that's why her character is so good is because she feels so imperfect and she feels so flawed, yeah, and she feels so lonely you just can't help but wanna embrace someone like that like it's it's so great that what he does with this film,
0: yeah,
1: agreed
2: on every level on every fucking level guys
1: agreed great job darren
0: way to go way to go Darren! way to go okay well next week we're gonna get scary and old with poltergeist which has to be from the
2: yeah. 70s doesn't it Does colin's oh, yeah, pick i think it's 80 my guess I, I think it's 82 it's really 78 There's I, I adjust no way. 78 82 <laughs> There's no way. it's
0: 82 yeah there that's you go. what i said okay yeah <laughs> i said 82. i believe it i believe it
2: Thanks, because John. Spielberg um, uh executive produced it or something. He didn't he I think he wrote it too.
0: Craig T. Nelson Really? coach.
2: Yeah. Co wrote oh, it. Even. Coach.
0: Coach. Um, is this true
2: Barrymore? Yeah. No.
0: no. No. That's uh Firestarter. Who's,
2: Firestarter oh, okay, and okay. E. T. and yeah.
1: Yeah. No, ET, I know. Jesus Christ.
0: Jesus. Um, well, you know, okay.
2: the ET episode. <laughs> then after
0: that is going to be uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, which oh, I'm looking okay. forward to. So
2: I have never seen this movie. And then Brent showed me the trailer because you said you wanted to do it. And I think it looks fantastic. It, it is. I, I remember cannot it being
0: wait. very, very enjoyable, if not a bit long, I love the
2: premise. The premise looks really fun. And the humor is right up my alley. And it's also gory
0: as fuck too. So it's a nice combination of things. The
2: trailer did indicate that that was going to be the case.
0: Yep. Yep. That's it. And then we finish off for our Halloween episode with Cabin in the Woods. spooky wood cabin cabin in the woods where they got some shit going on so yeah we'll bring
1: got shit going on we'll bring it
0: your way it
1: was background singing for you
0: it was good man i I dig it i dig it
1: thank you thank you
0: right on well i dig you too and i dig the audience out there thanks for listening to this one we'll catch you in the next one poltergeist be spooky is all f um, yeah, have uh, Hope so. have some good days until then. Uh, we'll see you, and as always, enjoy your shit. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is hold up, podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week.